It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. I'm on the heels of another trip to Texas. I recently went home to celebrate the life and passing of my 94-year-old grandfather, the Colonel. While I was home, every person, TV station, and news outlet was dialed in to Hurricane Harvey. At the motel the morning of the funeral, I saw a family a few doors down from me, up early, moving around. I noticed three generations, including an infant, multiple pets, a truck, and a car. And whatever was going on looked completely chaotic. They probably had 20 trash bags full of stuff, along with pet crates and baby gear And they were moving the items from their one motel room into the bed of the pickup as I was walking by. And I have thought about those people every day since. After probably the longest week of their lives, they, along with many of my friends and family, are coming to grips with the devastation that they've suffered. I'm a bit OCD when it comes to organization and structure of my life's foundation. Trying to imagine where these people begin to pick up the pieces is enough to make me curl up in the fetal position. Compassion and empathy are two of the most important characteristics of the human condition. 
If you've donated dollars or resources to the victims of Hurricane Harvey, thank you. I've heard the cleanup and rebuilding will easily be a 10-year process. So even though you've given, I encourage you to continue giving. One long-term action I've committed to is quite simply, every time I'm in the grocery store checkout line and the prompt on the screen appears asking if I want to donate one, three, or five dollars to Hurricane Harvey relief efforts, I choose yes every single time. If you want your money or resources to go to a specific group like pets or babies, do your homework. You can find a number of charities and relief efforts out there that speak to you. The rebuilding of the fourth largest U.S. metropolitan city is going to take unified effort and unwavering love and support. So please open your hearts and your wallets and clean out your closets and your cupboards for the victims of Hurricane Harvey. You know, what might seem like junk to you or clothes that you don't care about anymore are going to be treasured by these families who have been left with nothing. Okay, your JoJo PSA is over. And now we can get to the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about this week's podcast. I finally sat down with Jay Lately, a Bay Area rapper who I connected with at a So Far Sounds show a few months back. I knew immediately he was my kind of people who likes to get casually baked and talk about the big stuff. All right, Jay Lately interview. Here we go. And thanks for being a generous host and providing the uh, pre-show accoutrement. Of course, of course. When I'm talking to you, I mean, my inclination would be to say, so, Jay, yada, yada, yada. What yeah. do your friends and family call you? Yeah. You're... That's cool. Okay. Jay. I mean, Jay or Jeremy, but in terms of, I would prefer Jay just because it's getting yeah. my, you know what I mean? It's kind of reinforcing my, my your brand. Musical, brand, exactly. For yeah. sure. I'm Joanna, but I uh, prefer my friends and family call me Joe. Joe. Okay. For sure. I tell people... The only person that really should call me Joanna is the person that I'm sleeping with. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to be feminine for them. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a man's world, so I got to wear the title. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what's up. I've been chasing you down for this interview for a uh-huh. while, and I know you've been super busy getting a new album out into the world, and so I thought maybe we could start and you just kind of talk about your new project and what you're doing. And- yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the new album is called Be Fucking Happy and kind of goes along with what I was talking to you about before we started recording. Like I've just been taking some time recently to like really focus on my happiness and like 
what that truly means for me and kind of trying to figure that out. Because I think once you figure that out for yourself, it's a lot easier to actually achieve. Like a lot of us are just kind of out here shooting in the dark looking for our happiness, you know? Yes, sir. Um, And so that's a lot what that project is about for me. And I think it kind of relates to what a lot of other people are going through. And it's just, you know, I don't know if all generations have felt this way, but I feel like for sure during this day and time, like there's a lot of sad shit going on. People are really stressed out. People are like mentally unhealthy. Uh, We don't really take care of our mental health enough. Um, And that's speaking for myself too. And so I think that is like a topic that I really, that resonates with me. You know what I mean? And that's kind of just where I am in life is like trying to figure out how to do that for myself. And then hopefully through the music, it will help other people figure out how to do the same thing. For sure. At that So Far Sounds show, when I first was introduced to you and your music, I immediately heard that from you, felt that from you, and was like, this dude's a kindred spirit. We need, we need to talk. <laughs> we have things to chat about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you and I share a passion for pot and for being good humans, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, I'm glad that we're able to talk today and, and kind of merge these ideas of the cannabis lifestyle and happiness and then also bring in this other like secret weapon you have, um, which is your past as a teacher and an educator and how we can take like this image that you're creating and this wonderful message that you're doing. And like, you can give us kind of the inside scoop maybe on how to talk to teens Uh about what's going on and how, how to talk to them about, about making good choices. So who knows if we'll answer (laughs) any like profound questions today, but the idea that we're just going to have the conversation is um, it's really important to me because I'm not, I'm not married. I'm not a mom, but I have four sisters and a shit ton of girl cousins and a lot of littles. And I am constantly around teens right now that are, well, teens and their parents who are just like butting heads on, on what's right and what's wrong and how old they should be to, you know, try different things. And so what I'd like for us to do kind of to start is, you know, with you as a former teacher, you, you know, you've got this great vantage point of what's happening in our public schools. And I'd love for you to just talk about your experience a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think in terms of like the teaching and how that relates to marijuana use and kind of talking with kids about that, that was always super hard for me in that position because and that's almost why I think I left is because I felt like the structure of a public school teaching position didn't really allow me to relate with kids in the way that I wanted to be relating with them. Um, I felt, you know, so it was kind of like, that was kind of like a topic I wasn't necessarily allowed to discuss at school ever. Right. Right. Um, and it was weird because a lot of my students knew that I smoked because I, was doing music at the time too. And, you know, they'd follow, they'd see things I'd put online and, you know, I don't hide it at all in my, yeah. in my music. That was something I kind of had to come to terms with early and make a decision. Cause mm-hmm. I was a teacher when I started putting out music seriously. So uh-huh. I was kind of like, you know, 
I, I'm just going to do it. This is me. There's no point in putting out this music if it's not genuine, if I'm not genuinely being right, myself. Right, if you're not being it. authentic. Um, so a lot of my students knew, but it was just kind of the type of thing where I would say, you know, that's not a topic we should be discussing at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I always tried to do and kind of what I liked for them to see that I smoked, like online, mm-hmm. is because I want, I like people to see that you can be extremely productive and successful and hardworking and motivated and be high. And yes, me too. <laughs> that's kind of like... I almost feel like sometimes that's part of the reason I smoke so much is just to like prove to people that you can. Yeah. Like there's like this little (laughs) bit of me that wants to prove that to people because there's such a stereotype that like smoking uh, makes you lazy. And I, and I get where that comes from. There's definite times where it does that for me, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more what's inside of you that, uh, that matters. And that's how casually baked came about was, that I considered myself a functional stoner, but there was such a stigma around the word stoner that I'm like, I have to reinvent what this is because there is such a thing as being highly responsible and casually made. And see, I was just talking to somebody in this building the other day and they were, they were made a comment. They were saying something about, we were talking about, I booked all my tours. I booked for myself for the Mm -hmm. most part. And so they were saying like, wow, you know, your tours just seem so organized and, on top of it, like, you know, these other tour managers must just be high or something. I was like, I was high the entire time I booked this tour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want sure. you to know that. Like, yeah. that's not the reason that their tours are unorganized. Their tours are unorganized because they're unorganized. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so that was kind of something that I wanted to come across to my students always is that um, it's not so, things aren't so black and white as they get presented. And I think in the school system, it's hard. I, you know, legal issues make it really hard. And I understand, mm-hmm. like, why I'm not allowed to talk about weed with students at school. That makes sense to me. You know what I mean? But, um, well, and my sister is one of my sisters is the lead guidance counselor for the largest high school in the state of Texas. And I think she may be for her district or something, but whenever I asked her, like, you know, you're now teaching sex education in schools. That's better. That's important. But then when it comes to, drugs and alcohol what's the message yeah and she said unfortunately we just have to say it's illegal don't do it yeah Yeah. don't do it you're in trouble and 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 not giving them any sort of education to empower them to to decide not to make that decision because when you tell a teenager don't do something that's exactly what they want to do especially when they see all these other people having so much fun doing it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean (laughs) like it looks so great and you're telling me not to do it right why right okay Uh, so so i see so many parents not tackling the subject just like it's not being tackled at school and so some of the parents that i know you know they wear those rose-colored parent glasses like my kids aren't interested in that they would never try that like you know they're doing really well at school they're involved in extracurricular activities but then my nephews turn around and they're like parents do not know their kids yeah so based on like what you saw at school yeah what would your response be to those parents um uh i think I mean, I think them just being in, you know, being more in touch with what, what is actually going on in their child's life. But 
I don't know. It's always kind of like hard for me to, you know, because I'm not a parent myself. Right, yeah. But, and so it's kind of hard for me to imagine sometimes, like, or understand but that's, how but parents that's are exactly, so, like... But that's exactly I why I want you to answer it, because parents don't... They're doing everything they know to do. So as someone yeah. who doesn't have kids and who just was able to to see and enact with these kids out in the wild in the hallways at school, like yeah. what the hell would they respond to? What what would the kids respond to? Yeah, like I mean, I think I think kids they want to make the right decisions. Like they want to have the power to make their own decisions for themselves. But then they also want to feel like they're making good decisions, too. I think, like, kids naturally, they do want your approval. And right. they, they do want right. their parents' approval. But I think a lot of times parents make it really hard for them to get their approval because it's such this black and white thing. It's like you're either good or you're bad. And for a lot of kids, I feel like once you become bad, it's like, I'm just going to be bad. Like, I'm just going to... You know what I mean? Yeah, they said, you, I can't that's do my this. scarlet letter. Like, you, yeah, exactly. you give that to me, and now I'm going to wear it. Yeah, and you, you're saying that this is a terrible thing I'm doing, so I got to hide it from you. I got to sneak off. Like, I think that's the one of the worst things in terms of uh, parents and, and kids not having, like, an honest relationship about what they're doing. Do you? Uh, I think I'm going to burn my finger if I do that again. <laughs> so, okay. It's all good. All right, thanks. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, like, you know, really important that, Parents and, and kids have an honest relationship or honest understanding yeah. about things with each other because because I, I think kids need to know, like, they don't need to be perfect. Yeah. And a lot of times with these rules we set, it's like you're either perfect or you're bad. Yeah. And, um, I think I, that's good advice. I think, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of blows my mind, though, that parents don't know more what's going on in their kid's life. And it's almost like... If you're trying to be a parent, right, shouldn't you be just like if you're trying to be a doctor, you research the subject you're approaching, right? Yeah. You're going to go research medicine. If you're trying to be a parent and you're raising a 15-year-old kid in 2017, it might be good to go research what's going on with 15-year-old kids in 2017. <laughs> yeah. If you did that, you'd realize like people are singing about lean all the time. People, you know, like there's a mm -hmm. huge like coding uh, and like opiate problem amongst teens right now hmm. uh people are sending nude pictures and videos to each other at super young ages like all these things are going on and it's it kind of blows my mind when people don't parents don't realize that these things are all going on yeah. and it's like our, our youth have so much access to everything now that if you're not talking about it with them someone else is talking to or they're getting that information from yes. some other source yeah like, you have access to everything. I know. You give well, your kid a cell phone at the age of eight, they can watch porn on that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and, and so if you're giving your kid a cell phone at the age of eight, you should probably start talking about, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, it, I, it's just kind of like this crazy world we live in. But Well, and as you say all of that, I, in my head, have visualized all of my friends who are parents who have the you know, 2.5 kids and the soccer practice and carpool and they work a full-time job and they come home and they're cooking and then, you know, they have a, you know, happy hour reefer recap to like, you know, like get their mind right at the end of the day. And by the time they even consider doing some of this research, I mean, 
their mind is blasted. They're gone. They're yeah. over it. But you're right. It's like you fucking make time for this shit. Yeah. And I think also if you make your your child feel more comfortable talking about these things, you don't have to mm-hmm. necessarily go research. It's just in the you're going to start to hear things in the conversation mm-hmm. you have. If you make your child feel really uncomfortable talking to you about stuff, they're going to hide all the shit that they're doing from yeah. you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think that's, you know, not that I, like, I, I, I always think back to, like, my childhood, you know, and yeah. my parents made me feel really comfortable talking to them about things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still had this feeling where I didn't want to disappoint them. And yeah. I, knew cert- I knew they didn't know I was doing certain things. Yeah. Like, it's like, you guys think that we're drinking a little bit maybe you think we're smoking every now and then or whatever, whatever, but like we're doing more than you think that we're yeah. doing. And I don't necessarily want to like disappoint you and, right. and go too far. But I think at a certain, they did make me always feel like comfortable enough, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, that you didn't take it too far, that I didn't take it too far. I didn't feel like I needed to ever rebel against them in mm-hmm. any type of way. I obviously was hiding certain things from them, but, um, I think all kids are hiding a little, certain something hell i think our entire lives there's pieces and parts of ourselves that we hide from everyone yeah for sure and i think definitely when it's people you're trying to impress you tend to hide maybe a little bit more you know so yeah so several of my littles have found themselves in trouble with cannabis at school during Mm -hmm. their teen years um i asked one of my nephews and i had played some of this on a on my family reunion podcast a few months ago but i asked one of my nephews in hindsight, what the adults in his life could have done differently to help him make better choices for himself. Mm -hmm. And I was really shocked when he said he doesn't necessarily trust the things that he hears from his teachers, his counselors, or his parents. Uh And it, I mean, it kind of broke my heart a little bit for the teachers and the counselors and the parents, because you know, they want nothing more than to be there and like help guide kids like all the intentions are good yes and so I'm just like that that was another reason why whenever I saw you I'm like okay maybe if kids aren't going to listen to these people that care so much about them because of this honesty and like you know walls that they all put up around them maybe kids would listen to this uninvolved third party who happens to make cool music and kind of yeah. look like them. I mean, I think definitely, I think it's kind of the same thing. Like with teachers, parents and counselors, they're, they're presenting it as like, it, you're either doing it right or you're not kind of, yeah. you know? And, um, and they almost present themselves as perfect. Like, I think that's a big issue with youth wanting to take advice from older people. Mm-hmm. I think I see youth, always more open to someone who presents themselves as maybe have made having made mistakes or gone through the same problems that these people are going through Mm -hmm. and then kind of figured it out a little bit for themselves so maybe it would be great to have somebody who actually admitted to smoking pot come talk to kids about pot Mm -hmm. it my thing was like i in at when i was teaching we actually did have we had some classes based around these things Mm -hmm. and some of the ones that I attended were like a little more honest and open and kind of leaving kids to make their own decisions and some were just like presenting these facts that I'm sitting in the back of the room like yo these aren't true you know like it doesn't do this (laughs) like and yeah and uh they're like this is fake news yeah exactly (laughs) and 
And it's just, I could just see the kids like, yo, I don't believe this. My friend smokes weed. Like, he doesn't do this, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I think it's important for, yeah, if, you're, if you want to have someone talk, talk to, tell you why not to smoke or drink alcohol, you usually get somebody to come tell you how alcohol messed up their life, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, if you're trying to make kids not smoke weed, that would probably be the best bet is have right. somebody who smoked too much weed or in some way weed negatively affected their life. Mm-hmm. Come talk to these kids about how it affected their life. Right. That you know what I mean? It's, I still I don't think that's what you should be doing, but that that's a much smarter approach of a school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think talk, having somebody who can present a much more realistic perspective. Yeah, I agree. And in a variety of perspectives too, I think is important. Yes. Like someone like me who is very pro weed, have me come talk about how it affects my life, you know, because there's negative ways it affects my life too, just as there are other Mm -hmm. things, but I think there's tons of positive ways it affects my life also, you know? And then, um, have somebody who feels like it negatively, you know, more negatively. Cause I think, I don't think it's for everybody, you know, no, I do agree. Just like most, most drugs or substances I don't think are for everybody. Yeah. Things affect our bodies differently. Like our bodies are super different. And so I think it's good for them to see the variety of perspectives that are out there and kind of like, it's not just bad or good. Like if you take one hit of weed, you're not like a bad person. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to go quit your basketball team now and start hanging out on the corner. Like you can still, or you, you know, you can still be on the debate team. Like you got high last weekend. It's okay. (laughs) Still be the, the, you know, the fucking valedictorian. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. So at that show I attended of yours, I met a couple of your former students who, I mean, in my terms, thought you hung the moon and, um, you know, you are a very creative young man. What, what did you find motivated the students in your classroom? Um, I think, I would say like personal, I I think, I think it's kind of the same thing that motivates people in life. And I think it's kind of like personal fulfillment. Like people want to feel like they're a part of something. People want to feel like they're appreciated. People want to feel like they're progressing Mm -hmm. at something. And it, it's all when people want to feel like they're able to like create you know, they have the freedom to kind of dictate their situation a little bit. Uh-huh. And, and that's, those are real general, you know, terms. But when you kind of boil that down to what's going on inside a classroom or in situations where those students are there, it's things that are meaningful to them. It's things that they think apply directly to their life that day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's things that they think apply to their future and see that connection between that day and how it's also going to apply in their future yeah. and really kind of like feel a part, like give students, us an example of something that you did that. Um, so I, I taught PE okay. and I taught in a, in a community in Oakland that had, uh, had basically has no, um, f- uh, like healthy food markets, like not even Safeway. Okay. Like it's all corner stores. There might be one, you know, they've been working. So I was in West Oakland uh-huh. and that's a big issue is it's just corner stores everywhere. So like what type of food are these, these kids eating on their way to school, on their way home right. is just stuff you can buy in the corner store. And that's typically way less uh, nourishing than, than other, you know, going into even a Safeway or a, right. even, Getting you whole know, food a, yeah, versus... anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. we did a project that was based around, uh, creating a diet for yourself. 
and then it was like a, their final project and it was based around creating a diet for yourself understanding like nutrition charts so like you could see what's on the food that you're eating yeah you understand what it's doing to you and then planning out meals so then they planned a week's worth of meals and like an important thing we added in there was it was all budgeted so they had to stay with under like a really low because i wanted them to see like how cheap you can eat healthy for you know yeah if you're just kind of smart with it um and i saw tons of them because it was it was something that was kind of left open like you come up with your own diet goals Maybe your diet, like I wanted them to understand that dieting isn't about losing weight. Dieting for some people means putting weight on or putting on muscle or putting, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. a a health plan, a a eating and exercise plan. So they could change, you know, they could decide, all right, my goal is to lose weight. I know I'm overweight. So these are the things he's told me that I can kind of add into my diet to focus on losing weight or my goal is to build muscle. I'm on the football team. I'm scrawny. I get picked on every day. So he told me that this is what I should be doing. You know, these types of things help add weight or whatever. So they had a real personal investment in everything that was going on. They had a lot of ability to kind of take it where they wanted to take it, you know, but still giving them the guidance along the way and stuff. And then be able to set attainable goals for themselves. Yeah, and I've had some of them talk to me about how it's something that they kept going on after high school. You know what I mean? It was kind of like helping them understand this yeah, that was I'm a big do. life lesson. That yeah. was important. That's and kids great. that are going after off to college, think about it. This is going to be their first time having to, or possibly having to, actually choose the meals they're eating every day. Mm-hmm. Maybe buy their food, cook. It's yeah. a, you know, I don't know what they're doing at home necessarily, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what activities did you adopt into your classroom to get kids to show up and connect with you? Um. It started very so. I went into a situation where their PE program was kind of non-existent before I had been there. They had um, basically so the principal told me so this like the school I was at was a very challenging school, right? And students were coming with a lot of uh, just you know things going on at just home that were in life issues. Yeah, exactly. So um, and the school was having issues too. Like the funding was terrible, et cetera, et cetera. So. Apparently, kind of the year before, PE meant they they didn't dress down. They had no one had dressed for PE in like five years at the school, and the year before, uh, it basically meant free play in the gym. The guys would all play basketball, and the girls would sit and hang out in the bleachers, yeah. and that was like their PE. It was you know kind of like yeah. recess in the gym. Exactly. Um, and so my principal was really she was like you know I really want to just establish like a structured program where they're dressing every day. And, you know, they're getting graded on attendance, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Just the basics that you would kind of, you know. Just basic structure. But so I really had to kind of, like, strategically plan out, like, how are you going to get these kids? Like, they they hated me for the fact that I made them dress. You know what I mean? So it was like, all right, so what can we do to make them hate me less for the fact that I'm making them dress and, and choose to dress more? It's like, all right, well, I think truly once you realize how much more comfortable it is to do pee and, and PE clothes, that's going to like start to change your mind. Like it sucks doing stuff in jeans. Yeah. First off, when I'm actually making and you, then like, be sweaty afterwards. Exactly. It's gross. But um, we used to do like raffle. I did raffles every single week. So um, every single time you dress down, you get a raffle ticket. You take it. You put it into your uh, uh, bucket. And so we had like that as an individual class competition. And then when we would also compete against the other classes. So whichever class got the most. Uh, dress down and participation points for the month, we get mm-hmm. a pizza party. So it was like everyone in the class 
is not only trying to win something for themselves, and I'd raffle off food and candy and Gatorades and stuff. I knew these kids, like, they, they would, every chance they got, because they're hungry, they would just, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, they were coming to school on empty stomachs, and, like, any yeah. chance they got for free food, it was like, oh, hell yeah. So wow. I would raffle off that. They would be super into dressing for that. And then it was also this idea that you want to motivate your classmates to dress because we might get a pizza party at the end of the month. And so it's like super, uh, I forget the term. There's like, there's like motivation that comes from the inside and the motivation that comes yeah. from the outside, right? The me, we, world kind of concept. Yeah. And so like as a teacher, as uh, the concept is as a good teacher, it's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, right? Okay. So as, in, as a good teacher, you want to inspire intrinsic motivation. You want them to be trying because they want to be trying, right? Mm-hmm. Because you've showed, truly taught them, like, why they're doing this, right? Yeah. Extrinsic motivation is, like, they're trying because you're going to give them $5 if they do well. So yeah. I understand. I was doing ex- extrinsic motivation, but it's kind of like I had to chip away at something that they had yeah. never done. You know what I mean? No, that's uh, smart. I'm just, you know, as you say that, you know, in my mind, the reason to ask the question was like, try to have a way for parents to correlate something like that, you know, at home. And uh-huh. I'm like, I could, I could see, I can see a parent being able to work something like that for a, you know, a trip or a new bike or yeah, a new sure. game or, you know, something that they want or, um, and I think a lot of parents do things like that, yeah. but sometimes it might need to be a little bit more, um, explicit. You know what I mean? I think a lot of kids don't necessarily know sometimes what they're like. If you're not clear with your kid, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing all the time. Like, right. And it does need to be specific and clear because so many times it is where it just feels like you're getting something given and taken away from you yeah. all the time based on how you're acting. And a lot of kids interpret it as basically how their parent is feeling. Like, oh, my parents in a shitty mood, so I got my whatever taken away. Last time I did that, she was happy, and I didn't get it taken away. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I think, and I I, I know that for sure as a teacher, because the way I would treat my students would matter, depend on my mood for sure. Like, you try Mm -hmm. as much as you not. And so then, and when you let it affect that, you see that your students start to, like, lose respect for your authority, kind of, Mm -hmm. because you're showing them that you just kind of like, yeah. you're not as legit as you're saying you are. Exactly. Either, you know? No, that's really good insight. So from your experience working with teens, what are some tips you can offer parents or like me, the aunt Jojo's of the world mm-hmm. who see teens where they're just starting to start down this wrong path. They're like, they're just starting to threaten to quit sports or their extracurricular activities or their for the very first time, bringing a friend home with them that you don't approve of, that, uh-huh. like, you just know they're part of the wrong crowd. Like, yeah. you know, them acting like they're grown. Like, what what would you tell us to do with when it's at that very starting point? I think the number one thing in that, if you have the time, I mean, I think the problem is a lot of parents feel like they don't have the time and probably literally don't. But I think but this the number is a fucking investment because yeah, it, four years of a crazy, out of control teenager. That's true. Yeah, like if like if you can cut it off before it goes crazy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing to do is just spend more time. Like, make your kid feel better about themselves. Like, make them feel better about being at home with you. Make them feel better about talking with you about things. Um, I think the biggest way to keep people from just 
only wanting to smoke weed all day and do nothing else or play video games is give them something awesome else to do. Like, it does seem like it would be pot is more of an escape yeah. for teens. I think it's it's a little bit of an escape for me even now. I think you know what I mean. Just from at at times, like I think it is. For a little bit, or at least for me, I not I wouldn't well, say for everybody, but yeah, because for me, whenever I do it, it's just like a deep dive into my consciousness. So for uh-huh. me, it's it's very expansive to be yeah. high. Like yeah, there's yeah. there's never a time where I do it and I just feel like you know a couch potato. Yeah, like yeah. you know, br- you know, my mind never locks down. Yeah, I feel that for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I think I mean if if kids have something to do that's mm-hmm. like productive and healthy, like then I don't even think smoking weed is that bad. But I also think there's less chance they're gonna smoke weed. Right. Like get them doing whatever it is. Like I mean, even if I like truthfully, if they if the kid wants to like be a skateboarder, and or I mean this is for me. Like if my kid wanted to be a skateboarder, and I know there's a good chance, right? At the skate park, you smoke weed, right? Mm-hmm. So I would talk to him about it because I think skateboarding is an extremely healthy activity. I think it's, it takes a lot of motivation. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of practice. The same things that you learn from maybe like sending your kid into a kung fu class. They can learn those things from skateboarding, right? Mm-hmm. But you just kind of need to give them that proper framework. So it's like you know they're going to, around people are smoking weed. Let's talk about it. You know they're going around people who drink. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't need to be such a hard line, but it's like, you know, first off, my rule would be, I don't want you ever going to school high and I don't want you ever having weed at school. If that, like, if that happens, that's not okay at all. Mm -hmm. The same way that I would have someone hold me accountable for never being at my job high or never bringing weed to my job. Mm -hmm. Your school is your job. Right. Now, if you can handle that, you come home with good grades, like my paycheck that I come home with, you know what I mean? If Mm -hmm. I start messing up and I'm losing my paycheck, we got problems, right? If you start messing up, you're losing your grades, we got problems too. Mm -hmm. Now, once the homework is done, the grades are done, this is done, I understand you might be around some people are doing this and it might be really uncomfortable for you to say no. This is how I, you know, like, let's talk about what you're going to do in that situation. Right. Do you want to say no? Because that is a perfectly okay thing if you want to, but it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Or do you maybe want to say yes? Let's talk about what that means. You know, and yeah. I know this is like super honest, and, you know, like, no, I don't think these are, I think this these aren't, great. A, this isn't a conversation I ever had with my parents, but I feel like if you are worried about your kid doing this shit, go talk to them about it yeah. and talk to them in a way where like they have some choices to make. They have some say come to some agreements but they're coming to those agreements with you like that was always one thing as teaching like you don't just make rules the class comes to you come to agreements with kids and with the students and that's how they buy into the agreements yeah when they're just top down it's the same thing with employees i you hate when your boss just makes some rule that just seems super just just for rules sake you know what i mean but when they talk to you about why they are we have to do this right I know it's going to suck for you guys, but could be a little better. You know, here's where we have some wiggle room. You guys tell me where you want to wiggle. This part sucks. It's got to yeah. stay the same. You're not allowed to smoke weed in the morning. You've got to go to school. You're not allowed to smoke weed there. Don't ever get caught at school. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that part sucks. I, I know. I we got a little bit of, you know, and, and you get some buy-in there and come to some agreements. Well, and I think the other important thing to work into that conversation, too, is 
like, what are the consequences? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just me that has consequences. This, this town, this city, this state, this country has consequences for those actions. So like, if you do, if you choose to do this, this, this is the law in our area and this is what you could be facing. And we all have to face the consequences of our actions. Yeah. Um, and again, the other thing that I have told some of my parents who, whose kids are going off to college and it's made them uncomfortable is that I'm like, you need to smoke pot with them before they go to college. That's a great point. I'm like, because you need to show them what it's like, how to mindfully do it, how to microdose, how to or, feel I mean, free if, to pass if yeah, you don't exactly. want to puff you know, anymore, if, 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 like, you know, this whole thing so yeah. that they can... No, so they can feel confident doing and not, not learn it from some frat bro and end up passed out in yeah. a bucket of vomit. I mean, the, the biggest thing, that, that's a really good point, because the biggest thing I realized in college is all the kids who didn't mess around with substances before, and it's primarily alcohol, because I think I'm, I personally think alcohol is like 100 times more dangerous than weed. You know well, what it I mean? is, but when you mix them and you don't know what you're doing, it's off the charts. Yeah. But I would see, you know, the kids who were, like, the squares in high school yeah. and didn't ever dabble in any of this stuff but then got to college and found freedom and wanted to experiment, like, they were the ones going to the hospital because they drank too much. Or they were the ones that did just sit in their room and play video games and get high. Because yeah. they had never, like, it was too much freedom all at once for them. Too much access. You know what I mean? Yes. Where, like, they hadn't learned how to productively experiment with things, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, so yeah, I think, you know, helping, you know, talking to you, at least talk, cause I understand, I know there's going to be, there's tons of people who are going to go through life without ever smoking weed. And I think that's perfectly fine. Like if they don't want to smoke weed, don't smoke weed. So, right. you know, if your kid doesn't, it's like, no, really mom, I don't smoke weed and I don't want to, like, yeah. I'm not going to it, call it, you know what I mean? And yeah. you have that talk, right? Well, just so you know, like, you know, whatever. Well, and the other thing but too, like, though, is like, we are, we are completely evolving all the time as human beings by every situation that comes in front of us. And so someone who said, I will never smoke weed. And then all of a sudden they're. 30 years old and they're like, you know what? I actually think I might want to smoke weed now. It's legal. It's, you know, this new cannabis culture, it's changing. Now I feel okay about doing it. And it's perfectly okay to change your mind. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many people that it's, you know, they get so in a rut with their beliefs and the framework that they've set for them for their lives that all of a sudden when they have this urge to change, they feel like they're going to be a hypocrite if they change yeah. instead of allowing themselves to just branch off and be somebody different. Yeah. No, I think we do that a lot. And we do that to other people, too. Like, when we see someone else do that, we're like, well, you were saying this before. And it's like, well, yeah, they came around. Shouldn't that be a good yeah. thing? Like, what right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, someone presented me with some information that yeah. made sense, yeah. and I changed my mind. Yeah, for sure. Like, everybody has the right to change their mind. No, I think that's, yeah, very true, very true. So now let's talk about your music for a little bit. Tell me what's um, what's in the works. Like if someone wanted to check out what you're doing, like tell me about your tour and yeah. downloading music and all this stuff. So the album, the album is dropping on September 22nd, um, and I, had, I just put out a single earlier this week, and then I got another single coming on September 12th. And what are so. the name of your two singles? The single, the one that's out right now is called Let's Go. 
and it features Rex Life Raj, who's an artist from the Bay Area. And then the next one is called I'll Be Living, and it features uh, an artist named Demerick from L.A., and then Kian Tiene, who's from the Bay Area, too. Um, and they're both off the Be Fucking Happy album. And then after the album, we leave on tour for most of October and November, too. What areas are you going? It's um, mainly West Coast, so like California, Oregon, Washington, then Idaho, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, um, Nevada, and then I also have one show in Atlanta uh, for during A3C Music Festival, which is yeah. like during the tour also, and then one in New York. Right on. That we're going for yeah. And so the website is justlatelymusic.com. Yeah. And you can find Jay Lately on Instagram. It's at Jay Lately or on Twitter at Just Lately. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, for sure, go check him out, like his stuff, start following him. Yeah, and it's like the music is everywhere. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, SoundCloud. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. everywhere online. Um, you now, are you going to let me borrow a track to use on this podcast? Yeah, Whichever sure. one you think is uh, makes the most sense with what we're... Yeah, I'll give you one off the new album, too. That's All right. That, for sure. Um, well, is there anything else that um, that I didn't touch on that, that you feel... <laughs> called to be spoken uh, no not necessarily I think you know I think like my my kind of takeaway with with weed or like my just where I'm at with it right now you mm-hmm. know what I mean I don't think it's like a golden like I don't think it can do no harm you know what I mean? I th- I think it's it's a real thing, like everything it's else. It's a flawed is. plant. It, yeah, just <laughs> but the, just like the world is, everything is like that. There's nothing that you can just do to excess and not have it be a problem. There's you know, and and everything affects everybody differently. So it's I think it's really about figuring out like your relationship with weed and making yes. sure it's a healthy relationship. That's what I try to help people do. Uh huh. So the idea. Being that someone can come to me and not have a good relationship with it or be scared to have mm-hmm. a relationship with it and just helping them get clear on why they want to use it, what they want to get out of this yeah. relationship yeah. and like how they can incorporate it into their lives in a meaningful way that doesn't, you know, break their their kind of traditional kind of way of being and, you know, I'm not asking them to step too far out of themselves. Yeah. To, to find that, you know, I call it cannabis for wellness because mm-hmm. it's, it's not recreational. It's not medicinal. It is something that we can use for our overall wellness. Yeah. Aside from all of the thousands of things people use it medicinally for, but yeah. being flower empowered, mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. it, when you feel empowered, you can make any decision. No problem. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I mean, I love smoking weed. Like, everything I do for music is so much more fun and just great. Like, it just goes <laughs> hand in hand. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it's not fun, but, like, going on tours, being in a car, going on an eight-hour drive in a car on tour every single day is so much more fun when you're high listening to music. Than well, it is just, and you know what I mean? like, when you don't get road rage <laughs> yeah. and you're not anxious, yeah, it's, it is helpful. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it is, it's definitely my secret weapon when it comes to writing and, and, you know, being a creative. So yeah, 
Yeah, like I will tell you, when I used to study in college high, and like read textbooks high, I couldn't remember. Oh yeah, no, you definitely. So I like had to learn. Like I can't do that, but I could write. I could write my essay because it mm-hmm. just flows. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for English-ish classes, mm-hmm. I could do that. But when it came to, like, uh, science or whatever, yeah. where I'm memorizing these A&P facts. and where you're, like, trying to learn all the bones. Or... Yeah, exactly. I was like, nope, you can't do it. You know, so it's just no, kind of, like, learning what it does to you. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, yeah. Right on. Well, but yeah, thank sure. you so much for hanging out with me today. Definitely. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Look at all this weed I got. Left to do, and I done seen a lot. They've been showing love, that shit means a lot. Wasn't easy then, have a season off, but always getting better, and that don't seem to stop. All this weed I got, all these dreams I got, college loans and debt, bet I'm blowing next. Run my own shit, make more and owing less. Fuck you think this is, they've been thinking with more money comes more problems. And who am I to tell someone what's true? But all I know, and I can tell you this, is that not having it sucks too. I'm like, fuck your fears, those are fucking weird. Seen way too many who've been stuck for years. All that time, money, stress, love, luck. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, produced, edited by the team of Just Joe. This episode of the podcast featured Jay Lately's latest single, Let's Go, featuring Rex Life Raj. Be sure to check out Jay Lately wherever you are cruising for your music. Don't forget, be fucking happy. And if you're a fan of Casually Baked the Podcast, you know what to do. Puff, puff, pass it on. I got so many people to flex on. Everyone who doubted me, hella sick, but shit got real. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.